the following episode of Geeks and Beats contains language or subject matter that may be unsuitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. So, Alan, off the top, we need you to say uh, this episode of... Oh, I lost you. Brought to you by Odysseys. Odysseys. This episode of Geeks and Beats is brought to you by Odysseys. Oh, sorry. I think I should pronounce it properly. This episode... This episode of... Be- this episode of Geeks and Beats is brought to you by... Jesus. This episode of Geeks and Beats is brought to you by Odysseys. Okay. Uh, this episode of Geeks and Beats is brought to you by Odyssey. From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, now with 1.2 billion subscribers on iTunes and GeoCities, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, featuring musical guest Sting. The future of audio is the third dimension. The man behind high-end headphone maker Odyssey suggests we'll all soon turn around so we can focus on the bass player? Plus, the glory of the multi-screen experience. Uh, I should have learned my lesson a long time ago. Don't mess with me. And now, Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. I hate to inform you of this fact, but I have a much bigger penis than you now. (laughs) Okay, so your penis is larger. Um, Okay, explain why. Well, here I, I can show you. Why would you like to see how big my penis is? Uh, we can yeah, just. I'll, I'll show it to you on the Google. No, on, we just don't. Zoom. No, 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 no. Yeah, here we go. Here no, we go. No, no. Share. Oh. That, my friend, is a 34 inch. Oh. Ultra wide. Uh huh. 21 by 9 aspect ratio. Digital uh, that's... 4K editing monitor. Please tell me you bought this with your own money. And it's floating over my desk, you can see. I can see that. Courtesy of a monitor arm I bought from my original iMac that didn't work with it, so it just sat in a box for eight years. Okay. Um, Again, I'm going to ask, please tell me you didn't use the show's money to buy this. And as you can see, it is a Thunderbolt 3-based monitor, which means it's literally one cable for not only the monitor, but the power for the laptop that goes with it, uh, and it's got a built-in keyboard and mouse, a USB connection, and built-in speakers, uh, seven watts. One last time, please tell me you didn't use the show's money to buy this thing. <laughs> no, no, I didn't use the show's okay, money. Okay, good. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's, that's impressive. Um, it was also 1400 freaking dollars. And Samsung, you said? 3,440 dots by 1,440 dots. That's a very nice monitor, yes. I have three 32-inch monitors. Each of them are curved, so they kind of ensconce me in a semicircle. Uh, See, this is my first curved monitor. I didn't know you had the curved monitor experience already. No, I do. I have three. (laughs) So I have 32, 32, 32. So that's 96 inches of screen to your piddly... 34. I just whipped down my pants and went, look at this. And then you just. It hit the floor. 
Ever wanted to be a big shot co-producer? It's just like Hollywood. Visit geeksandbeats.com to learn how you can pad your resume with an exciting show credit. We'll even send you the album cover of your episode, suitable for framing in your parents' basement. future of headphones what's the future of headphones as you see are we just going to end up at some point beaming all of this into our brains directly i i don't know i was making a list of all the advances that we've seen in headphones first of all we had the over the years sealed headphones that came out in the 1950s and were big in the 1960s with manufacturers like Koss. then we had over the ear headphones like the sennheisers with the foam ear earpieces uh, then we had the small headphones that made the Sony Walkman possible. That led to things like earbuds, uh, whether they be all the way in the ear or just hanging on the ear like AirPods. Uh, we have noise-canceling headphones. We have, what else? Um, gaming headphones with a microphone. Uh, we have bone conduction headphones for people who don't want to have anything over their ears. I don't know. Where else could you go with headphones? Well, that's what I'm getting at. I'm thinking that the next step is just to beam it directly into our brains. Uh, Joining us now is the uh, benevolent benefactor of this episode of Geeks and Beats. Uh, He's the man at the top of uh, Odyssey. Sankar, thank you for joining us, by the way. Thank you, guys. So you you have been making headphones in the traditional sort of way for some time, which means you have two earpieces connected by a band that goes over the top of your head, um, some are wired, some are Bluetooth. Uh, all the advances have been in driver technology. Where else can we go? What else can be done? Are there, I mean, we've, we've pretty much, you know, especially with some Odyssey's headphones, which are fantastic. Uh, how much further can we go or are we going to go in a different direction? So, so one of the things that we did uh, that we see a lot more traction now because Apple just announced support for head tracking in their latest airports. So if you remember at CES, I showed you our head tracking headset that we introduced in 2018. So basically all the sensors and accelerometers and gyroscopes are becoming cheap. So in 2018, we introduced the Mobius headset with complete head tracking. So with the DSP, now we can simulate complete uh, 3D with uh, speakers outside your head experience. Okay, explain that a little bit more for me because I'm trying to imagine what this would be like. When I'm sitting and listening to music on headphones, I I have almost a 360-degree sort of field of hearing. You're telling me that this can get even better? Yeah, so, so basically when you are listening to audio on headphones, when you turn your head, for example, let's say you are watching a movie on an iPad, Okay, and when you turn your head, the audio space turns with your head, right? Right. So one of the features, uh, but but there is uh, in human perception of three D audio, one of the things that we use quite a bit is our head movement. So in a real life uh, situation, when somebody's talking to me from let's say thirty degrees to my right, if I turn my head, he still is there. So our head, uh, our head movements are actually used by our, our by our brain to figure out what is front and what is back. Front back localization becomes much more uh, better when you have head movements. 
So in 2018, we worked with Waves and we introduced a headset that had complete head tracking. So for example, let's assume you are watching a movie with uh, 5.1 audio. Right now, if you turn your head, it's still, it looks like sort of the room turns with you. So whatever is center will always be in the middle of your head. But in real life, the center will be fixed to wherever you think there is an imaginary speaker in front, right? Right, okay. In 2018, because once you implement head tracking, the immersion in 3D audio gets way better. How do you determine where that center point is? Is it the point at which I've hit play on a track or something? Because I, I wonder if I, I put on a pair of headphones and I hit play and then I get on my bike and I start riding through the city, as I make those twists and turns, how do we ensure that the bass guitar stays just off to the left and behind me? Yeah, so that's the, there are two ways to doing it. Uh, the, the in, even in our headphones, there are two multiple ways of doing it. One way is to actually hit, there's a small button called center. You fix it and that's basically your center from that point onwards, okay? But this works very well when you are in a office setting or in a home setting. But when you are like in the example that you gave me, let's say you're going in a train watching an iPad and the train changes direction, centering is always not working. So what uh, we implemented in our headphones is, we can differentiate between what is head movements and what is macro movements, for example, of a train or something, and we can automatically change the center. So this is something that we implemented. I looked at what Apple is doing with their new AirPods because AirPods, just the new AirPods Pro, and what they do is they look at which uh, device is playing and center to it automatically. So if your, if your movie is playing from an AirPod, uh, from an I, um, iPad, it centers to the iPad, and then if you if you get a phone call on your um, uh, phone call on your um, phone, it automatically centers to it. At least that's what <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> okay, so All right, whose phone was that? Not mine. My, not my phone. Uh, <laughs> I sleep mode, but it is my. Uh, wife calling so it went into the emergency oh yes that's an important feature not a lot of people know that about uh the phones is that particularly i've got on the iphone i've got my family all set up as vip and when you put it on do not disturb they'll still go through if they call back more than once within two minutes okay i didn't know that apologies guys um so uh, the way I will start with the iPad, how Apple has implemented it from their patent, it looks like they've implemented it so that it centers to the device that's playing the video. Okay, so I can see this certainly working for music because if I'm at a concert and I'm standing next to somebody and I turn my head to talk to somebody, then everything moves off axis so that it is the music would be dominant in my, since I'm turning to to my, the person on my left, the music would be dominant on on my right side. It would it would feel very much like I'm I'm turning my head. Yes, correct. But I think it'll be even more immersive where content is all around you. For example, think of 5.1 audio or 7.1, because you can you can emulate any number of speakers. Now it doesn't have to be just two speakers in front of you. So imagine like think of it like Dolby Atmos or 5.1, 7.1. You, work, you can be in this enclosed, enclosed space now. And I think this is one feature that many more headphones will 
come out with in the next uh, few years. Now, does does the source material have to be encoded with anything special, or is or does the do the headphones do all the heavy lifting on this? No, the content could be anything. Uh, the heavy lifting can be done by the headphones, or the in Apple's case, I think it's being done in the iOS. Okay, so if I'm playing a video game mm-hmm. wearing one of these headphones. I can see it becoming extraordinarily immersive because if I'm doing like a first person shooter and I'm walking around and I turn my head and there's the 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 sounds that would 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 be coming at me from other players or or hazards in the game would seem to be a whole lot more real, right? Correct. So what happens is this once you have head tracking enabled in a headphone, your brain automatically gets used to it after a few minutes. And then the level of immersion goes really high and you get used to it very quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, we do tests here and where we have people wearing headphones, we play music or games. Every time the, we call them on their Skype or something, they take their headphones off thinking their speakers are on. <laughs> wow. It just tricks them into doing that. Well, I, I think Alan's brought up a very interesting point, though, particularly with the first-person shooter. As a virtual reality geek, um, I understand the, the value of immersion and how it's important to maintain it. And one of the most efficient ways you could maintain it is through that audio component. There's like a VR version of audio. So VR, however, has a very limited demographic. I can imagine the greater audience for you down the road, and if not in the not-so-distant future at all, is augmented reality. Correct. It, it, this could be applied anywhere, right? So any it, so since the heavy lifting is done by the headphones, any application, gaming, uh, it just basically works with any game or movie. In fact, movies are probably that bad. There's a lot of 5.1, 7.1 content where you can enjoy this uh, quite a bit. What else can it be used for? We've talked about video games. We've talked about listening to music. Uh, are there some industrial applications that would be useful or that could benefit from this? I think so, yeah, because there is um, some research that was done in the late 90s. Nobody has implemented it yet, but there, is, there was some research done in the 90s that when you have 3D audio enabled, in your conference calls, people actually remember things better. Really? For example, for example, you can because 3D audio is available, you will say somebody from the right side said something or somebody from the right side um, mentioned this. That kind of, um, it, you know, people seem to recall it much better. Um, that's, I think, w- one area where 3D um, augmented reality with uh, new new... Everybody's on 3D, you know, everybody's on virtual uh, teleconferencing apps now. I buy buy into that completely because we've all been doing a lot of Zoom calls. And it's nice to be able to interface with people this way at a distance. But you miss a lot of the subtleties that you have with people in a room. You know, the sideways glances, uh, the body language. Um, and everybody's voice is coming from the same speaker. So it's sometimes very hard to differentiate who's talking at any given time because you don't have that spatial location ability with Zoom. Correct. And and we are actually doing a test uh, internally for uh, teams in a game. So when you are, let's say you are playing a game like um, as a team, five versus five, we are doing a test where if we give spatial awareness, it's people play better for example your coach is always on your right side you know does it actually help 
So this is a very interesting topic, nevertheless, even for us from our R&D perspective. Well, that's fascinating too, because you'd find yourself in a situation where esports, which is an absolutely massive industry now, you have gamers who are looking for an edge over their competition. You may find yourself in a situation where they're going to have to make rules against your technology, or everyone's going to have to adopt your technology. And that to me smells like a licensing opportunity. I think this technology has been available before also. It's just that I think uh, applying it to these areas is uh, probably new. Uh, and I, I agree with you. With esports and stuff, some of the audio uh, during these tournaments, is uh, it's really primitive. Um, the, so that's one area of uh, interest for us. At the end of the day, the future of audio is 3D. Yeah, and also personalization. So, you know, 3D in, is a very generic uh, way of doing uh, audio, but everybody's everybody hears 3D audio differently based on their ear shape and head size. I think one of the things that will become very interesting is, is with machine learning and AI, how can you take a picture of your ear or how can you customize the 3D audio experience to your personal head, uh, ear shape? So that's something that's uh, also coming up. For example, the new PlayStation 5, you can uh, choose from five different HRTFs during release time. But next year, they will do a firmware upgrade where you can take a picture of your ear or something and then upload it to the cloud so that you can get a completely personalized 3D audio. Well, I, a lot of some other headphone manufacturers are doing that with mixed results. I, I've tested a couple where you're supposed to tune the headphones frequency response to your ability to hear. No, that's different. That's slightly different. That's a, uh, for example, what you're saying is, is uh, the frequency response of your eardrum. Uh, some people measure it or do some apps. The, pers the perception of 3D audio depends upon the shape of your pinna and the conca and your head size and uh, um, shape. Does this go back to the, the days of binaural recording and the things you learned from that? Correct. So basically binaural recording uh, basically uses a dummy head. So if your head shape and size, so the, the head, dummy head that they use, like the KU100 or uh, um, the, you know, the different dummy heads, basically are an average of thousands of people's head shape and size. But what happens is, is the closer your head shape and your pinna shape is to that particular average head, you don't get a very good 3D perception. But with machine learning now and AI coming up very you know, you know, very uh, quick way, you can now take a picture of your head or take a video of your head and then extract your personalized HRTF using machine learning and then apply your own individual HRTF. Then you get a much better sense of uh, 3D audio, like you are on face. I don't know if we've got enough storage space to upload the content. Uh, I don't know, me neither. Is, is this expensive? No, it is, uh, you know, it's, uh, we released a plugin with this uh, for pro audio users so that people can now see how they would sound. For example, when mixing in a headphone, you want to see how it would sound in a real studio. Uh, you need the studio, um, uh, the acoustic environment of the studio reproduced, but also you have to reproduce their personal HRTF. So at least uh, we released a plugin for pro audio users so they can see how their mix would sound in a particular studio in LA. Oh, okay. So if I wanted to pretend that I'm mixing something or listening to a mix at Abbey Road Studios in London, for example, mm -hmm. 
there'd be a plugin for that and it would be like I'm sitting in the control room there. You can download it today uh, from waves.com and then they have spent a considerable amount of time going to Abbey Road and uh, doing the whole measurement of the room and providing it. That also supports the head tracking. Um, so it's a very immersive plugin from Waves uh, that's available today. I, I want this. I, I want this so badly. This is fantastic. And, and PlayStation uh, 5, uh, at least in their uh, road to PlayStation 5 uh, video release, they told that they have implemented a similar technology inside all PS5's uh, rendering engine, audio rendering engine. So everybody would be able to get their own personalized 3D uh, space. In fact, they can also include acoustic spaces, for example, in the new um, game engine from Unreal. So we think, uh, but but during the release, they are going to make only five different uh, HRTFs available. Eventually, you will be able to create your own HRTF next year on PS5. Again, Sankar, thank you so much. Fascinating stuff. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. Own one of the craptastic mugs of the world's most popular podcast and support the show. You, too, can use the power of science to hold liquids, both hot or cold. Visit geeksandbeats.com today. That is a very good-looking monitor, and if you're going to be playing games, it's nice not to have all the uh, the gaps between the screens. Well, that was kind of the thing, is is that uh, I've always been a proponent of dual monitor layouts for people. Because, oh, yes. Um, the workflow is remarkably improved. Or, or at least uh, an, a, a couple of monitors. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And, and so um, I always had dual screens, and I had my first dual screen setup was two 19-inch screens, CRTs at that. And this is the equivalent of having 24 inch screens side by side. But as you, as I point out, as you point out, uh, no seam between them. The only downside is, is that um, when you have two separate physical monitors, you have a very different computing experience. When you drag a, 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 an app to a separate monitor, the computer operating system treats it in a very different way than if you had just put that window on a separate part of the primary monitor. So um, I've had to try to work around that a little bit, and I've come up with this really neat solution for it. It's an app called Better Snap Tool. And so now all I do is I, and, and Windows users have had this in Windows 10 for a while, but you you just drag the, the 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 text bar, you drag the title bar of whatever window it is to one side of the screen, and it splits it in half. And then you drag another one to the other side, and it creates that same sort of experience as if you had two physical monitors. Yes, I've seen that, and it's uh, that becomes very very helpful, especially for example, you're working on something and you need a a reference document open, or you want your email open as you're working on something else, as you're waiting for something important to come in. Um, yeah, it's very good. The bigger, the more monitor space that you have, whether it be a single big monitor or multiple monitors, you can't have too many monitors. You just can't. Well, as a guy who has three, what would you say, 36 inch? 32, 32 times three. Wow. So 96 inches. Man, oh man, it really did hit the floor. Mm-hmm. Aren't you missing the Juno Awards? Are we recording this while it's supposed to be streaming or something? Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll get back to that. Don't <laughs> Is this one of those things where, like, in previous years, you'd be like, "Sorry, Michael, we we can't record. The Junos are on." But yeah, now because Juno's, it's Juno's, streaming, like, you can go listen. I can rewind it anytime I want. Everything. Yeah, something like that. Um, the Junos, of course, were supposed to be held in Saskatoon back in March, but they were canceled because of COVID nineteen concerns. 
All the winners had been named, or at least decided upon, but not announced, and that's what's happening right now. So 7 o'clock Eastern Time on the 29th of June. There is on CBC Jam and a couple of other places, uh, they're they're streaming the whole thing. I will... Uh, oh, so they're not doing it live. No, no, no. It's it, Well, they're doing it live, but they're streaming it. Oh, no, but, but could you network. tune into CBC Terrestrial Television and watch a streamish version of it? No, it's just Jim. You got to go to their free app. What does that tell you? Mm, tells you that they're very concerned about being able to do things at a distance. Um, I haven't had a chance to open it up and have a look at things. But wouldn't it normally have been done on a live regular television broadcast and so is it sounds to me like what they're saying is joe average would not sit through a stream version of the experience in a traditional television environment well i'll tell you what let's let's go uh cbc oh do, do we have to it's the junos man it's not like the grammys or anything please it's way better than the uh Way better than the Grammys. Um, so having is it really yeah, like, like honestly? No, like, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know honestly, we we uh, we kick the Grammys ass year after year after year. Our our award show is much much better. In what way? Uh, it's just tighter. It's uh, less political. It's just um, more about fans and more about the music rather than the the the, sh- the stupid primetime TV variety show that the Grammys are. Well, enjoy it on Gem then. Which, by the way, anybody at a certain age can't possibly hear Gem without thinking about some crazy 80s TV animated show. <laughs> okay. Oh, here we go. I'm going to click on that. I don't want to hear it. And here we are. We're watching the Juno. So I'll just sit there. Well, start with the Mc- No, Jesus. Start, start, stop. All right, and enjoy stop your Juno while we say thank stop, you to stop. Marty Steele, uh, Stephen Hulan, Philip Mueller, Ke- Kevin Ryan, Blake and Trish Limburger. Limburger. Uh, Michael LeBlanc, uh, David S., Michael Hollick, among others, who are members of the World's Worst Intern Program. What makes it the world's worst is you pay us a dollar to work on the show, don't do any actual work on the show, and all we do is say thank you by way of this little note here or if you would like to uh, put us on the linkedin uh, we will vouch for you as well it, it, it has worked i'm sure people have gotten jobs well-paying jobs because they have us on their resume so if you'd like to help the show uh, which keeps us on the air and, and for example episodes like this one where the sponsorship money will go right back into the kitty so that you and i in january of 2021 can fly to Las Vegas for CES wearing full-clad hazmat suits. And they got to be bright orange, and I want oxygen. Independent oxygen system? Independent oxygen system with uh, negative air pressure protection. (laughs) And and what happens if the suit gets cut? Well, then, like Gwyneth Paltrow in Contagion, we die. It's going to be a great year. Oh, boy. Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes. And watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter, Facebook, and get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.